Hello and welcome, folks, to the 117th 2022 Valentine's episode of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters. I'm Chris, otherwise known as... Your little kissy sounds put me off. Otherwise known online as the true Mr. Six, and that geezer over there... Is Andy, a.k.a. Stupid Cupid. <laughs> Stop picking on me. Picking on me. <laughs> yeah, the, so the day that this episode goes out is Valentine's Day. I'm quite certain you've all been organised this year and made sure you've got my gifts and cards in the post already. I'm fully expecting not to be able to open the door to Brit Roller Six Towers when I try and enter for the mountains and mountains of packages and cards that will be waiting for me. Nice. Yeah, it happens every year, of course. I'll get one from him, ma'am. Well, for sure. So do I. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's happy Valentine's, everyone. Uh, but not, not only is it Valentine's Day, we are... If things are going according to plan, which I believe they are, we are just two days away from the official North American release of Dark Phoenix Saga. The clock is ticking. Yeah, it's a big, big week this week. It is. It is. That's, it's that's it's hard to feel excited about it when we're, we're going to have to wait another month-ish, I expect. Yeah, yeah. So I was talking to my guy in Asmodee. And what? What? Did, 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 did he reply to a message or text, or did you phone him up? No. So this is right. All um, right. So you know that guy, the one who used to email with me and then disappeared? Yeah. He left. Right. And then out the blue, on our Instagram page, of all places, I got a follow and a message from some random Asmodee guy about a completely unrelated thing. And so okay. I, well, on the Ministry of Dice Instagram or your Brit Roller Six or well, it's yeah, it's it's. I think it's just True Mister Six. That's true Mister Six. True, true Mister Six. Uh, and so I just it, well, through the conversation around the other thing, I said, oh, while I've got you, can I just ask? There used to be this guy called Tim from marketing over there, uh, who, who was your content partner manager or whatever. Uh, I understand that he's left, and and plus there's been nothing going on in Dice Masters since i was 12 so we have, we, i've not really been corresponding and but now it's coming back and he gave me another contact and so things are hopefully warming back up on that front but the only information i managed to crowbar out of this guy was that march sometime oh so didn't and wasn't was unable to give me a specific date that's not far to go though february's no, a short month no absolutely yeah so um if it is just a a few weeks after the North American release, then that will be wonderful. There's definitely a big ship of some description landed in the United Kingdom because I've got pre-orders coming out my ass, and I've been getting emails saying, your pre-order's ready, it's coming in on February the whatever. And I'm like, really? Bloody hell. And they all seem to have happened at the same time. Ah. So the G.I. Joe Debt Builder card game that I pre-ordered mm. in 2017 or whatever is coming. <laughs> The uh, a load of my action figures that I pre-ordered ages ago are coming in the next couple of weeks. So there's something's happened somewhere somehow. How excited! Oh, to be on that boat, eh? <laughs> yeah, just having a merry old time, just bobbing off the coast of Hull, waiting to be allowed to dock, <laughs> <laughs> playing with everyone's board games, <laughs> all the toys and everything. Awesome, amazing. Probably where all the playstations are as well. I got mine. Yes, I know. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. So, very exciting week, and we've got lots and lots to talk about, but uh, obviously, before we do, mm. I always like to ask, what have you been up to in the last two weeks since we last recorded, my friend? Losing. <laughs> yeah. Just You're losing. having a hell of a 2022 season, aren't you? Getting battered by you in every uh, every game that we've played so far since, since, since what, the new year? What? Christmas Feb- week. in February now. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, stupid game. So the team that's uh, the teams we played last week. The team I played last week uh, was uh, a great team. Although I lost again, uh, it was extension of uh, what we spoke about in the last episode, which was mm. the atom. Uh, and I took on Chris's. Let me grab the team because I can't remember the 
peeps in it. I'm sure it's in this. That. No. Uh, Nebula. Three. Awaken Nebula. Asuka. Kang. That's Danny Moonstar. It leaned heavily into Chris's suggestion of instead of using the Atom, using the Nebula, although she's a five cost, she does a, an additional damage to a target player as well to the two. To No, one play, one, yeah, yeah, one, one damage to character and two damage to the player or your opponent when it does the Awaken. And because mm. it's a mask, there are so many masky fun things to do, um, yes. including uh, Asuka or Asuka or however you say it, uh, that gives the, the purchase cost reduced by two. You've got Clayface, which obviously bounces off the masks to make more stuff. The Kang, uh, which is again in a mask with a swarm, which brings it down to just being a one cost with Asuka, uh, with some hefty stats on that swarmer. Uh, I mm. think he himself has definitely got to be played around with more because, um, at four five five on his attacking stats, it's a big chunk to be kind of very quickly cycling around with the swarm. It's, it's almost worth just you know swarming through and filling them and attacking. So I played around with that. It worked really really well. The supporting character with the energy field, obviously the supporting characters, Danny Moonstar. I just picked out some generic stuff to be fair, um, including the venerable dreadnought and Danny. Well, just just gazer, gazer. I'd like, I'd, that was going to be really big, and it kind of did do well for a while, but it seems to have disappeared. It still has a place, Gazer. I just think that a lot of tournaments uh, online have been choosing to exclude the big three, uh, obviously one of which being Godcatcher and Gazer was kind of... The, the Intimidate was the token counter, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a, a further playing around with it's definitely got legs, but needs uh, a tweak of those, I think, supporting characters and maybe a few globals in to make things quicker and you know the usual stuff what's the purchase order get your first three turns kind of set what do you do that kind of faffing around definitely worth playing around with but um lost again hopefully tonight it'll be a different story yeah sure uh, well i mean uh, so my team was the fetid bloat drone deadly fetid bloat drone and bobby heenan combo so the fetid bloat drone's got deadly but forces all characters to block it uh, and Bobby Heenan makes your opponent lose a life for every character that blocks, and it stacks. So, however many Bobby Heenans you field, it, you know, yeah, that stack. When you managed yeah. to get two out, and it was just immediately eight damage, and I was like, yeah. "Ooh, I was not expecting that." So, uh, Andy was playing a team that obviously requires him to get an Asker out, at least one Kang for, as his swarm anchor. Obviously, a Nebula, if not two, preferably. Yeah, that's what I was going for the two. Yeah, so you you had uh, the type of field that a uh, bloat drone Heenan combo just loves to chomp on. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. And where yeah. it was dependent on at least one nebula, hopefully two, and at least a Kang out. So it was dependent on at least having like th- well two characters to do yeah. anything. But really, effectively, you'd want three and the Asker, so like four. It was really hard, and it just got pasted. Yeah, and we found, uh, I say we found, I mean, we discovered that uh, there's quite a little gem tucked away in the X-Men Forever campaign box, which is uh, Blob, big talking costumed clown. So he stops your opponent from purchasing or fielding characters of a two cost, which, when Andy's removal was Danny Moonstar, uh, energize. Did you have Energize Black Widow? I had Danny Moonstar, Gazer, and Energize Black Widow. That all three of them were just immediately shut out. Yeah, um, just killed off that low cost removal, so you couldn't get rid of the Fetid Blow Drone at all. <laughs> so that that's one that I think actually I would seriously consider if I was making a competitive team with the sheer amount of Danny Moonstars and uh, Black Widows around. I would seriously consider as a kind of bit of competitive control. In fact, I think there's a lot sort of low cost, sort of too costy pains in the arse around, isn't there? Yeah. Although now I've said it out aloud, I can't think of any. Would you be? Other, other would you want to too. rely on that kind of as a a card in a competitive game where where you might just not? It might be useless. Well, that's uh, well, that's that's the point, gamble, I suppose. Yeah, that's the point, I suppose, but. 
I'm banking on the fact that it wouldn't be useless. Yeah. I, th- I think I think you'd be hard pressed to find a competitive team that didn't have a two cost that served a purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, you know, how many people would use an Eddie Guerrero, for example, or um, or an Istrid Horn to prevent static fielding Becky Lynch's? They're both two costs. You know what I mean? Definitely that Black Widow. It would kill swarms. You know, like Cree Cap- uh, not Cree Captain, Cree Soldier Swarm. You know, stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> stuff. It's got a place. Yeah, I don't know though. I don't know. I mean, it certainly took the legs out because. You couldn't remove the fetid bloat drone, and the minute you couldn't remove the fetid bloat drone, he was just able to camp out and do his deadly thing over and over again. But like you say, hopefully tonight will be different. We're playing Golden tonight. Golden, taking a trip back memory lane. Yeah, I've made a bit of a weird kind of combo team here. I find it very, very hard to avoid the things that would make you groan. Oh, really? Well, so. I, sus- I suspected as much. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say I haven't got like a blue eyes on here for a bit of rump and stuff. Yeah. So I have avoided Ultraman. I've avoided <laughs> the Beholder. I've avoided Bard. I've, be- I've avoided Uanti. Anything like that, I just wouldn't know. Well, okay then. Let's not go down that route. Well, yeah. I mean, any of them would eat this team alive, I think. So, uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Although, if I lose this week, then it's no holes barred next week. I'm, I'm relying on um, I'm relying on buying several copies of a five cost character. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> let's see how that goes. That's right. You but just use PXG, innit? I've not got PXG on my team. Oh, but it's golden. Don't play with PXG. It's golden. It's like the rules, isn't it? Nope. Oh. Nope. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'll use yours if you brought it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rules. That's the rules. You make your team so that you can you can ramp to your stuff. But if your opponent brings PXG, then you can use it. You know, add infinitum. Although I've got a lot of masks, actually. Something to consider. That's something to consider. Mm. Cool. There's loads of news, isn't there? Anyway, we covered both of ours. Have you got? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I've not really done a great deal of other stuff. Uh, like I said, I've got the uh, GI Joe debt builder coming imminently any day. Uh, that's a one to one to six jobby. So I'll give it a solitaire try. Nice. See how it goes. Um, maybe see if I can get Joe involved. She likes the debt builder. Just whether the GI Joe theme of it will switch her off. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, nothing nothing particularly exciting on the tabletop gaming front in Brit Roller Six Towers. The dance recital, though, will be over and done with a week on Sunday. So all this extra rehearsal time that's stealing my family gaming time will be over and done with. Woohoo! Yeah. It always seems to be dancing, doesn't it? It takes away my bloody family gaming time. Yeah, it's the same with me. I'm always dancing. You are. Dancer for money. <laughs> Do everything that you do. That's not even the words. <laughs> He's a private dancer, a dancer for money. Is that Tina Turner? Or is that- <laughs> it is Tina, Tina Turner, Turner, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's some classic 80s Tina Turner hair rock. It's a good impression <laughs> as well. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm actually, a, uh, I have a little soft spot for Tina, although I prefer the early, more soulful 60s and 70s stuff. Proud Mary is one of my favourites from Tina Turner. Yeah, there you go. Proud Mary, absolutely tremendous song. Anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah, So, but there has been lots going on, uh, That you know, even though I've not been playing many games. So I wasn't able to play, but when I got back, I jumped on to watch some of the games that were being streamed from the Breath Weapon X Fest 3 that took place the other weekend. Whoop, whoop. Uh, so there was some, yeah, some live gameplay that I just chilled out and watched. Uh, it seemed to me that the... Breath Weapon X guys were having some trouble with their stream, so I hung out over with the Canadians. Yeah, got to show some support to the colonies and all that. The the uh, DM North. Yeah, Jordo was playing, so I watched his matches. Cool. Um, yeah. However, um, uh, the the big news really off the back of that is uh, we should say congratulations to our friend Jason, otherwise known as Whip It Good. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, uh, uh. Ooh, baby, whip baby. 
would be real good. Yeah. So who's on a two on a on a roll? Because yeah. uh, regular listeners might recall that Jason was recently, well, recently ish in November was on uh, this very podcast to discuss his win of the Dice Masters versus Cancer charity event. It, uh, that's two big online events under his belt. Uh, so well done to Jason. And commiserations to Ryan as well, actually, Raw Travel, who had a blinding run in the tournament. Absolute blinding run going 4-0 and up until the last round. And then played Jason, and Jason won that match, and they were both on 4-1, and one, uh, and Jason took it on strength of schedule. Ooh. Yeah, bit of, bit of... Because he beat... Because he beat Ryan, basically. Because his one of his wins was against the top seed spot. So, a bit of controversy from the old uh, buttholts. Yeah. Never trust the buttholts. Absolutely, yeah. Well done to uh, Rob and Alex, of course, for putting on a lovely big event that appeared to be enjoyed by everyone I saw chatting about it and talking around and about. So, great job, lads. Uh, and in addition to that, the two-team takedown has kicked off as well. Oh, wow. Which I know I've mentioned in the community focus yes. uh, leading up to the sign-up date. Um, so, and there's been a few games of that streamed and or posted on YouTube that I've been checking out. And you folks should too, because some of them are really good and very enjoyable watches. So uh, that that's going to be uh, some number of weeks before we kind of start seeing stuff emerge to the top off the back of that. Uh, but it, again, it seems like they're lurking around. People are having a good time. And no way. Yeah, uh, would you believe there was a streamed draft from Gaming with Sidekicks of all people the other night? Gaming with Sidekicks. Yeah, I know. Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? But what was particularly notable about their stream is that it was a Dark Phoenix Saga preview draft. We wow, we wow. They'd received early um, Dark Phoenix Saga draft packs and drafted it. And so not only was it interesting just to kind of see uh, the draft teams that they constructed and see some gameplay take place, but also there were some gaps in the uh, the character roster that we hadn't seen, the, you know, the cards um, mm. that, that we saw in hand from those guys. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second when we discuss some spoilers. But um, so there was that too. So loads of opportunity. If you're into catching live gameplay and seeing stuff get streamed or, you know, catch it on, on the old YouTubes, uh, there was lots of activity, hustle and bustle around the online play community in the last two weeks or so. Very cool. Yeah, I listened to a really old episode of The Reserve Pool this week on my commute. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, that's good. Reminisced. Is it the guys from The Reserve Pool that obviously went on to do the gaming with sidekicks, or some of them anyway. Mm. Yes. So Isaac's Deep, Deep Tones, and Stuart <laughs> Shulman and, and Michaela. Fond yeah. memories of, of many an hour listening to them. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll make sure there's a link to their video down below as well as any kind of two team takedown stuff that i can uh, track down links for so if cool. you're uh, if you jump into the show notes or go over to brit roller six and go to our podcast post page i'll put some links in to, so you can take a look at what i've been having a look at and in addition to that with us just being two days away now from the official north american release there's been little bit of kind of marketing hustle and bustle going on too so in addition to a piece of pre- a preview draft taking place online the there's been a two-page spread spread in game trade magazine has there there has indeed yeah it's, it's very well written isn't it <laughs> it's, a, it's a it is an extremely well written piece of work yes it's written by someone who really knows their words and stuff <laughs> and you yeah <laughs> i'm sure whoever wrote it was very it is a eloquent witty erudite individual who um, knows how to put a sentence or two together yet if you haven't guessed and you won't admit it chris wrote it <laughs> i'm not really supposed to... you're not supposed to say well no one said not to say yeah, it's basically right. using words in print form to talk about dice masters which you do every day that well that is true yes yeah but i'm not really supposed to talk about it so oh no shh no one's saying a thing. <laughs> However, more more importantly, Shh. more importantly, it is a um, 
uh, it's a sign of that kind of the wheels in motion, isn't it? The momentum picking up. There's been some Facebook posts on WizKids' part as well. Um, so the first steps in in try- trying to generate retailer interest in the game. Uh, and fingers crossed that some of the other stuff that Jimmy's mentioned recently around supporting retailers and getting dice more interest from local gaming stores around Dice Masters picks up some steam as well. We can only hope. Definitely. Mm. Um, so there was that too, and I think that's it. I think that's everything I can think of over the last two weeks that stood out to me in terms of news and info and what I've been up to. Very exciting. I just want to get my hands on the new stuff. Yeah, not long now, mate. Not long. It's good. I've got my pre-order ready. I was messaging with Jordo the other day, and... I said, I bought a Dark Phoenix now. When's Cryptonite Crisis coming? <laughs> <laughs> he said, I try to keep away from spoilers. I said, well, you may try to keep away from spoilers, but I've been writing about Dark Phoenix Saga and making videos about Dark Phoenix Saga and talking about Dark Phoenix Saga on a podcast for nearly two and a half years now. So, be good. Dark, Dark Phoenix Saga so passe. <laughs> it's so 2020. <laughs> well, it does sound like momentum is definitely uh, starting, so we should get a load more stuff. We've got Cryptonite Crisis on its way. We've got the uh, Fantastic Four box thingy that we don't really know what it's going to be, and I don't think WizKids know either. Well, that's one to look <laughs> forward to. Yeah, like that, you know, with its single, not single campaign boxy style vibe to it. And then we've got that X-Men uh, X, whatever it is, X hits the spot. House Where, of X. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah. Although that that's one. disappeared off the solicits. We haven't heard hide nor hair of that for some time now. And we've got the Spider-Man campaign box, that Spider-Man <laughs> one. That one on its way. Yeah, it looks like there's some really exciting cards in that set. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got the second wave of uh, Warhammer 40k. Um, uh, can't wait to see those uh, spoilers uh, come to life in my hands as well. Loads of stuff to look forward to, ladies and gentlemen. It's so naughty. If So, if, folks, if you're a new player out there and you're listening to this, you're going, that sounds really exciting. I love Spider-Man. I love 40k. Those are cancelled lines. <laughs> I want to be very, very clear. <laughs> <laughs> you you some poor, some poor chap on a runaround to his local gaming store trying to order a forty k campaign, but fracture of BL tan, please on pre order. What? <laughs> well, that's to cancel my pre order then. Is it, what, is it not happening? Um, no, it's not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've actually seen retailers still advertising it. You know, <laughs> that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, should we tell the listeners what we got coming up in this episode now? Yes, let's 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 yes. Let's do it. Okay. Well, uh, as I mentioned before, the preview draft took place and as a result of that there were a number of cards that we hadn't seen before re- revealed. So, we are going to jump into a classic Ministry of Dice pick of the week. We're not going to go through each and every new reveal on the cards, but we are going to select one each and talk about why it stood out to us and you know, give that kind of gut instinct review thing that we like to do. Then, 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 as it's Valentine's Day, uh, we're going to be talking about comic book couples. Zero preparation. Yeah, we, th- this one could be an absolute shambles. We are basically looking mm. at a list of comic book couples and discussing whether they combo well in Dice Masters. It's probably going to be about two minutes long. <laughs> it may be that bad that we may even cut it out. Yeah, who knows? Let's see. If we do, I'll chuck something else in, something totally random. <laughs> yeah, we could put in that, um, <laughs> that, that Dice Masters uh, versus Star Wars Destiny one that we recorded. Oh, no. <laughs> that one was great. Oh, Dice Masters with Mr. Mr. D- Mr. Dice Tumble. <laughs> yeah, that's somewhere in the uh, shared shaved drive, isn't it? Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got, I think, probably literally hours of unheard material that never Just saw the light of day. Shocking. Some, some of it was really <laughs> bad. <laughs> right. Well, let's see how it goes. On to the next segment. Yes, right, okay, welcome back then, folks, and it is time for a classic Ministry of Dice Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week! Let's put a jingle in now. Ah, we well, see, the thing, what's happened there is I've already put it in. Oh. I've already put it in. So it's they're going to hear the jingle, then they're going to hear you say, 
put the jingle in now. <laughs> no, now. <laughs> no, it's already happened, mate. It's already happened. Oh, I'll be. I'll put it in the intro next time. <laughs> yeah, you'll just be like, play the jingle now, Chris. What? <laughs> we won't even have a pick of the week segment that week. <laughs> <laughs> so the pick of the week we're going to do in seven weeks' time. Uh huh. Let's put the jingle in now. Thank you. So we're talking Dark Phoenix Saga. And we are focusing specifically on the selection of cards that were revealed through the preview draft from Gaming with Sidekicks. Um, I think the count right now is, in total, we're only now missing or have not seen maybe rough count is like 13 or 14 cards we've not we've now not seen. I bet those are the best ones. Yeah, the checklist is out there, though, because the web page is live with the checklist on it. So we know the names and subtitles of all the missing cards, uh, but we, we obviously haven't seen game text for them yet. So there's still some surprises yet to come when we crack open our packs. Uh, but, yeah, we, we are focusing. Uh, Stuart, over at the Gaming with Sidekicks operation, was kind enough. Uh, I passed him a list along of the gaps, and he then sent some photos over for us to use and take a look at the cards that we haven't seen to date. Uh, Andy and I have gone away, poured over them, considered them, reflected upon them, and we are here now to share our picks of the week, our standouts, our hot takes. The hot potatoes. Is that a thing? Well, hot, the phrase hot potato is a thing, but it's not applicable to... <laughs> to <laughs> a hot potato is when you give someone something to deal with that, you know, is not pleasant to deal with. Oh, well. You know what they say? Two in a bird is worth one in a bush. Indeed, they do. <laughs> Indeed, they do. <laughs> so, uh, Andy, do you want to go first or shall I? Oh, um, I don't mind, mate. Uh, okay, uh, hang on. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, I've got a dice here. Do, uh, character or energy? Um, energy. It is energy. I knew it would be. It's your rolling. <laughs> so you can go first then. I will go first. Cool. So I have chosen, after a peruse, uh, the six cost bolt. Uh, it's the rare cable high stakes. The ability reads, when cable attacks, double the printed attack of all your other character dice. That's right. Double the printed attack of all your other character dice. His statistics are 132, 233, and 255. Youch on those fielding costs. And he's max four, like pretty much all others are. And um, he's a bit of a beast. Yeah, that's... Definitely, definitely a card of note. There's no two <laughs> ways about it at all. He is, uh, I oh, mean, yeah. uh, the, we, we've certainly seen double attack stuff have devastating effects in the past. It, it does specify specifically printed attack. Yeah, so you can't go crazy, you know, you can't buff or manipulate uh, and then abuse it that way. But still, I mean, I'm thinking this, 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 reminds me of the feel of the bard you know the bard which gave plus one for each other character in the in the uh in the field zone i think that was when attacking but yeah. he's attacking if you've got it's it's dependent on the, the the dice isn't it i mean we spoke about that kang earlier the two cost can be a one cost with the suka that's uh four five five so you know you you throw that into the mix and get those swarmed around quickly uh with uh you know your different shenanigans that you can do and you attack with him you get a three beefy kangs in the mix and bosh uh you, you you're coming in with you know tens of ten 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 you let alone if you get a bloody master mold in the mix spamming off his you know, pooping out his little uh <laughs> um tokens <laughs> left right and center tokens, yeah, yeah. Uh, or you know your god catchers a bloody quick purchase as well uh so that is i think it's got potential to be a b east of a card in yeah the, uh, competitive meta ta 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 yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's a few things to note, though. He is a six cost, and as you say, he's got some pretty hardcore fielding costs on his. You know, there's a 
one, two, two, there's a fielding cost on every level and two is quite steep. So he's a reach, which means you're less likely to use him with another chunk, another, you know, beat stick. Yeah, I, th- I think there'll be people out there that will be, you know, those, those people that research you know, statistics versus purchase costs do the, the min maxing to get the uh, the most out of their cheaper characters. You've got that uh, cheap Miss Marvel from yeah. uh, Avengers Infinity Gauntlet, uh, which is, uh, is it sheer three cost? But she's got some ridiculous stats, and I can't remember. She's like 7-7 seven, seven or 6-6 six, six or something like that. 6-6, uh, six, six, I want to say. Off the top six, of my head, but, uh, don't quote me on that. But um, yeah, you, you do do a bit of maths and a bit of searching, and that could be like this could be some horrific quick fire attacks coming down the field with this yeah, well, table. Even then, just a um, a three attack character or a four attack character would become a six or an eight, which mm. is n- not insignificant for sure. Um, I actually think I, I'm not sure it is quite. I, I don't, I'm not sure it is quite as bardy uh, as you might think it is, uh, because that was all about a kind of wide field and a big attack. I actually think this is would be a little bit more, uh, a bit more precise, a bit more of a kind of pre- precision build. The things that spring to my mind would be uh, there's a Kitty Pride in the X Men Forever campaign box. Uh, Professor Xavier is a jerk, I think is the subtitle, and she can't she can't be blocked if she attacks with another X Men character dice. So that, that's a lovely little kind of double-hander where she would be on... Uh, I think she's 2-3-3 three, three on her attack. So a level 2 and level 3 with Cable, she'd be a 6 attack, basically. Uh, an unblockable 6 attack. And if you've got two Kitty Prides, which is not unfeasible when she's... I think she's a 4 cost. <laughs> you could potentially attack with two Kitty Prides and a Cable and using her unblockable game text end up doing 12 unblockable attack. So I think it's perhaps a bit more about kind of precision. Or the Deadpool. Uh, what's that Deadpool that you like? Um, X-Force. The, yeah. the one who gets the stat bump and overcrush when he's blocked. That would be quite a nice one, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it would only be his printed attack, though, I suppose, wouldn't it? And his attack's not that great. No, but you'd still get the buff on top of the double, wouldn't you? Yeah, so he would he would become a four or a six attack. Then with his at his buff of plus three, he'd become seven or eight, wouldn't he? Then yeah, yeah so it's still a pretty big chunk, isn't it? Yeah, so overcrushers and stuff. So I think yeah, I think there's something more about kind of a more precision combo with it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I can get that. I mean, another one that was spoiled was the the kind of basic Colossus, which is a five cost. I think he's just got overcrush and he's got an energy energize as well but you could imagine energizing him because he's filled your one of your character dice for free and spin it to level three imagine getting them both out and then filled in cable for free on level three and then getting him in background to overcrush on his eight attack face to do 16 overcrushing damage yeah there's actually now that you've got us thinking about it there's a cheap beast as well i think it's the common uh, and he's a two cost, and he's just he's got nothing else but overcrush. It just says overcrush, but he's a two cost. He's got low fielding costs. I think his stats are like two. I think he's three on his level three. So yeah, two two three, two two three. Okay, yeah. Um, and so you could at a two cost fist character, you could get a handful of them out or wongs. You know, a couple of wongs in the mix. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's lots of. Uh, hanging off that kind of cable, there's lots of sort of little brewing archetypes. You could maybe use it with unblockable characters. You could maybe use it with um, overcrushers. Go for a wide field of weenies and just overwhelm. It introduces options. But as I say, you've got to crack the fact that he's a six purchase cost and two fielding cost in the vast majority of times. Yeah. And he's not a mask. <laughs> so he's a bit no. harder to get to. <laughs> No, absolutely. Uh, also, incidentally, I love that artwork. Yeah, it's very cool, isn't it? The cable artwork looks great, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great pick, man, and I'd certainly I'd be very surprised if that's not caught, caught the eye of others, um, and I'd be even more surprised if when it drops later this week, people aren't... I suppose if they pull it, the other thing is it's a rare. It's a rare. You've got more chance of getting it than the super rares, but how many did you used to get in a... Used to get like a few, didn't you? T- uh, two super rares it is per countertop. Uh, how many rares? 
Oh, I'm not sure. Like uh, 16, something okay. like that. So you got you got a good chance, but it's it's definitely not guaranteed. Yeah, I mean it's obviously a rare in order to balance the draft experience, isn't it? To decrease the likelihood of people smashing faces Thanks with cables it. like maniacs. Yeah, yeah. I think it should be allowed. It should be a be an, a common and everyone just smashing at each other. <laughs> For sure, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's, I, I mean, we could sit here for ages just thinking about overcrushed characters and weenie characters that could pair up with it, and, and that's, the, I suppose, that's the point, isn't it? Why it's your pick? Yeah, it just kind of slots on neatly with a lot of different options. That's good. That's good. But there we go. What about yours? Well, uh, my pick's actually in a very similar vein. Uh, I wouldn't argue that he is quite as strong as Cable necessarily, but I think there's a little something else in the mix. Just bringing up the card text now. It's uh, Professor X, House of X. Uh, This is the uncommon. Uh, He's a five-cost mask with the X-Men affiliation. And his game text is, During your attack step, if Professor X doesn't attack, all of your X-Men character dice get plus two attack and plus two defense. If any of your X-Men dice were unblocked, move Professor X to your bag. Uh, And then he's got uh, an energize effect, which says, Move an X-Men die from your use pile to your prep area. Uh, and his stats are one one five two one seven three one nine. So he has got some killer fielding costs there. Green one this time. Yeah, well, so that was one of the things really that um, made me lean a bit more into him over Cable. I think the fact that he's a mass character <laughs> obviously means that there's way you just, as I said, an episode or two ago, you just cannot judge a mass character by the printed purchase cost anymore. There's, you know, Asker is certainly a crutch for players like me and makes me look at mass characters in a different way. And so I consider him, in effect, a three-cost character. So that's the first thing. <laughs> um, so you can access him a lot quicker. Uh, you know, you could with an Asker in the field, you could buy two, three, much more readily than the one cable that you're likely to buy in a game. Uh, the fact that it's a themey character as well, I mean, everybody knows that I love the themey stuff. Uh, so he is X-Men-centric, driven towards making X-Men builds. Um, so I like that. You know, he's got a place in sort of single affiliation or in theme kind of team construction. I think plus two attack and plus two defense is not inconsiderable either. It's not. I mean, it's not quite doubling the attack. But if you're loaded up with one attack characters, it's a little bit more of an edge than Cable offers, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's good, yeah. it's good. I don't like having to put him in your bag, though. Well, no, so there's that's the... Think about this, though, right? This is another element that makes him attractive. This is... Uh, so think about She-Hulk Greeny, that team I played against you with She-Hulk Greeny and the Drow Mercenary. Mm. Uh, because the problem with unblockable characters has always been making sure you've got the churn then to get them back through once you've done an attack with them. Putting him back in the bag means that you can speed up access to his energized game text. Right. So let's say I've got a couple of them Kitty Prides, for example, that I mentioned before. Professor Xavier is a jerk, and I've got that Professor X. So I sit him out in the field, I attack with two Kitty Prides. They go through for five apiece, doing ten damage. He goes into the bag and, you know assuming that you've got your bag in a nice place and you're guaranteed to draw him the next turn, you draw him and you don't roll him as character. You roll him as Energize that time. Yeah. So that you can yank one of those Kitty Prides straight back out the use pile into the prep area. But then he's going into the use pile. Well, yeah, that's true, but I don't know why that would be. Because <laughs> you've got to get him back out again and he's at his level three. He's... Uh... He's a massive chunk. He's three cost. He's three fielding cost. Right. Yeah. So you're going to have to invest heavily to get him back out again. The fielding cost uh, is painful. But if if I've already halved your life with one attack, and then I use him mechanically to get my characters that have just dropped into the use pile straight back into the field, I'm cutting the bag out of the process entirely with him. Yeah. You get him one back. Well, I don't know. You're obviously sceptical. I think it's good. I just think that there's, I'm sure in the past, there's been affiliation-specific characters that give buffs without the need for them to go into the to the to your bag or get knocked out or go to the use pile or whatever after. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, you could go crazy and, and buff like mad. You could get a Cyclops field leader out that's giving plus one, plus one. 
actually, there's another Kitty Pride that gives plus one plus one. But if I'm planning on having unblockable Kitty Prides, then that doesn't work. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it as. I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I absolutely get what you're saying. You're playing a long game there. Um, yeah, it's, I think there's been others in the past that have done similar, but without the the need to to put them in your bag. The only I, I get it. It's quite nice. So if say if you were doing something, you know, you had that. Again, that overcrushing Colossus, and he goes through, does a good bit of damage, goes into the used pile, and then you, you manage to pull that back in, and then maybe like he can still, you know, you don't need that Professor X per se to, to but it does make a good difference. Yeah, well, in that instance though, what what you would probably look to do is use something. What's the force blocker? I think there's a force blocker in this set, isn't there? Um. I feel like there is. There's definitely a force attack. It's on Vulcan. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, in any case, you could put the WWE, um, the ringside announcer on, couldn't you? Yeah. With the, with the force block. And then you would use that Professor X with uh, an overcrusher that's then force blocked. And uh, because it's blocked, Professor X's game text wouldn't kick in. He wouldn't go back to the bag because it says if one of them are unblocked. Oh, yeah. There you go. And that would then... Yeah. So speed that whole process up very nicely. Yeah, certainly would work. But the reason he's caught my eye is because you can get to him quicker, I think, than you could a cable. And you could put the pressure on faster. Nice. Yeah, no, you know I like I mean? him. It's good. And I just think there's 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 something there about this energized to reaccess that character that's just disappeared into your use pile quicker. Maybe I've not fully thought it through, but there's definitely something there. Yeah. And fingers crossed. Give it a month, we'll be able to try it out. Yes. Yeah, coming to a YouTube channel near you soon. Uh-huh. Um, certainly in a draft, I'd, I'd take a, clo- a much closer look at that. Um, yeah, there's some lovely synergy stuff. I think I said it last episode throughout the set. There's some really, like, they've really kind of put the X-Men against the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and they've really kind of, I feel, although it's been a while since we've had a set, I feel that they have definitely kind of leaned towards that conflict and the uh, the supporting and the the, the combos and the, the synergies between those two affiliations. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely have, yeah. They absolutely have. Uh, I think we were talking about when we were discussing the OP kit about Magneto and Kitty Pride, for example, as kind of two X-Men team leaders that you could hang a whole team around, you know. Yeah, um, without a doubt. I'm just having a flick f- through to see if there's any other affiliations. You've got a villain uh, affiliation. There's some plain, yeah, it's, they're sort of plain old villains, and there's villains obviously the Shi'ar Empire. There's and, a, a, and a little sprinkle of Hellfire. Yeah. But oh, yes. I'll tell you what else is in there. Is, uh, isn't Deadpool... Uh, let me just hang on. I've got the, let me shut the Professor X card. And yeah, Deadpool's Deadpool family as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's a little oh, sprinkle rando. of stuff in there. Yeah. But yeah, but it's very heavily themed on Brotherhood of Evil Mutants versus the X-Men, which is a very, very good thing as far as I'm concerned. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives you, uh, when you're drafting it in particular, it gives you something to kind of focus your drafting efforts around. But it also means if you miss a card in the draft that would have been nice to have, there's plenty of alternatives. Yeah. Yeah, which I think good is... Good options. Yeah, which is nice. But in the constructed, yeah, I definitely want to try a little team out with that Professor X messing around with some unblockable stuff and see if there's anything in that energized bringing the unblockable character back out quicker. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and there we go. Okay, bro. Uh, well, uh, there was plenty more shown. So as always, folks, if you go to BritRoller6.com, head into the unreleased set spoilers and go to the Dark Phoenix Saga gallery, you'll find them all in there. The, the new ones will be very easy to identify because ra- rather than the web images, they are the photographs from the draft that Stuart sent over to me. Uh, however, uh, that said, I mean, the set's just days away and I'm pretty confident I've heard whispers on the wind that the dice coalition have got the set to load into the team builder sooner rather than later as well so whoop uh, whoop amazing yeah, so by all means go and have a look at at least those two cards that we've talked about today but if you're a patient sort i think you'll find that <laughs> they'll be everywhere anyway by that point yeah very good okay then well there we go there's the pick of the week please do get in touch and let us know if there's any of the newer reveals that have caught your eye and why they've caught your eye but i think we'll wrap that one up there and move to the next segment shall we it's time for love 
Yes, folks, that's right. Love is in the air. Love is in the air everywhere you look around, and particularly when you look at the game of Dice Masters. Or is it? There's certainly many famous comic book couples through the years and years and years of comic books being published, and of course in the TV shows and the movies. But does the game of Dice Masters truly acknowledge their couple status? That is the question that I know has been on many of your minds since the game started all those years ago. It's certainly been on our minds, and today is our intention to answer the question once and for all. Does Dice Masters give enough love to the lovers? Boom, chicka, wow, wow. <laughs> so I have written down, just off the top of my head, as many as I can think of. I've, I've undoubtedly missed some, uh, but as many as I can think of, of like sort of famous couples from comic books or from comic book character pairings. And let's see, shall we? Let's see if the Game of Dice Masters acknowledges their relationship. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. What's the first it. one? So first one on the list is, is a big one. This is a very famous couple. We've got Lois Lane and Superman. Yes. Next. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lois Lane has got uh, the Lois Lane from, uh, is it World's Finest? She gives Super Friends, well, Super Friends characters, but there's a, 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 a an OP kit one that specifically gives Superman Overcrush, isn't there? But then in the upcoming Kryptonite Crisis set, there's a Lois Lane that gives him a stat bump, and there might be Lois Lanes that do more Superman-related stuff. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a pretty quick one. The game does seem to acknowledge, well, it doesn't seem to acknowledge, it does acknowledge their relationship um, and gives them some combo synergy for sure. Well, she she helps him, but does he help her? No. Yes. Well, one of the new ones does, so... Oh, does he? One of the, one of the ones that... Oh, I've got to be careful here in case I'm talking about one that's not been spoiled yet. But I'm pretty sure the one that has been spoiled, he protects her. There's a uh, while he's out in the field, she can't be targeted or something. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. That's a nice change of events. Yeah, well, that's very true. Of their dynamic, though, because Lois Lane is a strong character in her own right. You know, she's like investigative journalist, getting out and about, uncovering conspiracies and crimes, and getting in the mix. You know, she's getting into trouble with terrorists. Yeah. And then, uh, and then she or Jimmy Olsen will hit the, you know, will say, Clark, I need you. And he'll turn up. And he's just basically the dumbass muscle <laughs> to back up, <laughs> to back her up. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, Jimmy Olsen's got, I think, probably the best Superman supporting card. Uh, with the, with the, uh, the discount. Yeah. Uh, the purchase cost is two costs, isn't he? Two costs that gives Superman a reduction in cost by a million. Well, Let's some, have a quick search. Some might say that a bromance is as much, is a, is as important. Yeah, two less, which is quite a big chunk. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Lois Lane and Clark Kent do acknowledge the relationship. Uh, let's take a Marvel one now. Okay. Uh, and this is another, like, you know, the uh, this is what you were, the first family of Marvel. Um, the couple of couples is, of course, Reed Richards and Sue Storm. No, she doesn't. She doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was hoping to catch you out there, but that's fine. You catch me out. Reed Richards. What's his name? Mr. Elongated Man, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but no, you're right. There's no there's no invisible woman. So Dice Masters does not it fails to acknowledge the first family. There, there may be legal reasons them. behind that that hopefully will be sorted by the time that the uh Fantastic Four. Well, it has been, isn't it? Because they're doing the Fantastic Four, whatever it is, out this year, maybe. Fantastic Four versus Galactus. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's keep this rolling because I've got a feeling like this is a bit of a poo segment. So uh, let's do another DC one. Oh, this is one that uh, will be a very quick answer. Very well-known married couple in the DC universe, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. What? Who? <laughs> this wasn't anything we spoke about. We're talking about Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin? Yeah, they 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 were a couple, weren't they? A couple of <laughs> heroes. <laughs> Big but no, Barda. The, the, the game does not acknowledge uh, Barda and Mister Miracles marriage. That's in. I should know that it was in one of the things you sent me, wasn't it? It was. Oh, yeah, I, uh, I thought you'd. I thought you'd. Yeah, I thought you'd be onto that one because you read the uh, uh, the Keith Giffen Justice League. 
All right, back over to Marvel then, and uh, another you know big famous Marvel couple. We've got Spider Man and Mary Jane. Yes, yes. That one uh, that gives him overcrash or a buff. Let's have a look. I've got my typing skills on point. Spider Man. Oh, now, do you know what? What? Not as much as I thought. No, it's just a, a little, a little extra boost, isn't it? If it's Spider Man, gives him gives anyone overcrash. Goes with anyone as long as they're not old school evil. Um, <laughs> Unless they're Hydra, but it just gives him that extra plus one attack. Yeah, yeah, not all that significant, but certainly acknowledges their relationship. Uh, here's a big one, back over to DC. I know that this one is uh, acknowledges their their pairing. Uh, Hawk and Dove. Never quite, though. <laughs> not just like that. Yes, it acknowledges it, but it doesn't quite work. God knows I tried, man. God knows. Isn't it? <laughs> For games and games. It's there. It's it's like their relationship in Titans. <laughs> yeah. It's fractious and <laughs> It doesn't quite work. Challenged, yeah. <laughs> they do go together, but he ends up uh, spoiler alert. So, yeah. Yeah. He ends up in um, an obscure episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine as a young Scully. <laughs> That's what well, he ends up with. He plays Jack Reacher in the new Amazon Prime Reacher show. Does he? Is that out yet? Yeah, you'd like it as well. I bet I would. I like this, the, the the films with the, Tom, yeah, Tom Cruise, isn't it? Tom Cruise playing yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, slight, slightly different flavour on the on the TV show, but for sure. Uh, okay, let's go to, uh, so what was I just in DC? So over to Marvel again now, and we've got Cyclops and Jean Grey. Ooh. Oh. Spell yeah. grey wrong, don't they? You've got the noisiest keyboard in the world. <laughs> it was made in 1997. <laughs> uh, no, to my recollection, that I don't believe that there is. No. Jean Grey, no reference to Cyclops. Cyclops. Oh, they do quite often uh, help out all of their team. Yes. They're yeah. quite often helping other X-Men out. But uh, but no, there's no specific reference to them. But that's because Wolverine comes in, doesn't he? Yeah, and Emma, Emma Frost. That's a big old Cyclops. question mark. Cyclops was in a relationship with Emma Frost, the White Queen. She, she a is a baddie. No. Well, she was, but then she reformed. Oh, she's um, one of the ones that just can't make her mind up. Yeah, although she did, uh, she did make a play for Cyclops in a, you know, in a proper let's let's start a psychic affair kind of way. Did she? She obviously never watched Hop. N- neither have I. <laughs> the film Hop has got the actor in it. It's actually quite good, but James Marsden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but no dice masters does not acknowledge no dice. Cyclops and Jean Grey's <laughs> Cyclops and Jean Grey's relationship. Uh, so jumping back over to DC now. Uh, and we have the next one on the list I, I wrote down for those guys is Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman. Yes. Yes, absolutely it does. In fact, there's a wonderful Steve Trevor that uh, I've made good use of in the past with Wonder Woman cards. I would, I would go as far as to say it's probably the best kind of duo combo. Yeah, it's when excellent. It, let's let's uh, explain it to the listeners in case they don't know. When Steve Trevor is KO'd, you may immediately purchase a Wonder Woman die for up to three less, and 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 uh, prep it. Yeah. So uh, it's got the the, the three there because when he's KO'd, you can buy it. Like we used to do it in um, your opponent's turn, didn't you? That was the thing. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, magic missile is what I use because he's got one defense across all his uh, across all his levels. Yeah. And I used to use him in your go or in my opponent's turn. I use I've used this combo competitively before. So I used to KO him with the magic missile in my opponent's turn, using a single bolt to then put the Wonder Woman in my prep area, set and ready to go in my turn. Uh, yeah. But I would do it that way because I'd hold him back in case I needed him as a blocker or something. Because then, then I was like, he'd... he's getting KO'd one way or another, yeah. basically. Yeah. And you can buy her for super cheap. One or two usually, yeah, and they're both ready to come out next turn. 
that that's yeah that's how i did it uh so wonder woman reflections it was i used to grab the control one that prevented when fielding when attacks abilities it was on my uh it was on my iceman team that i took to euro is that one it's great it's, it's just, just we should have more like that if only hawk and dove <laughs> like this, eh? was it was as slick and synergistic as that indeed indeed uh so there we go that we found another one so that's only like two out of how many have we named so far one two loads yeah that's like two so far that that knowledge is uh three lois and superman oh in fact it's the dc stuff that seems to have more of a more of an acknowledgement of it uh but let's swing back around to marvel this time and this is a a marvel couple that I have a very fond piece of my heart for, uh, and that is Gambit and Rogue. They couple them. Rogue's only a kid. What? what? <laughs> you're talking. You're obviously looking at it from the perspective of the movies. There. Yeah. Yeah. No. In the in the comic book and in the cartoon, they were both adults and have had an on again, off again relationship. Obviously complicated by her powers. She can't touch anyone. Uh, well, she's got a collar now uh, that allows her to. A rough. Well, at least in, there was. They got married, and there was a, a mini series called Mister and Mrs X, which was about their honeymoon. And they've had a collar made that she can wear, so that she can hold his hand, and they can go for walks on the <laughs> beach. And so he can and, walk her on the beach. Walk with her. Do you attach a lead? And to and to observe the sunset and things. Whilst he pulls her along. By her so, that he, so that he can affectionately run his hands like through, his, through her hair. I don't know what kind of. Uh, right. Oh, did I just let a naughty word slip out there? I think I did. I think you did. <laughs> don't bother editing it out. Make it more interesting. Um, <laughs> Rogue has no. No, no. Nor reference. Does no, that's crap. No. Nor does nor does any of the new ones. I don't believe either. That's because no one really knows, apart from you, that they're an actual couple. Everybody knows. Everybody who's uh, who ever watched the animated series cartoon knows about their relationship. I didn't. Mon cherie, as he'd say. <laughs> he would indeed. No, he'd say mon cherie. What did he say? Ma, ma chère. Mon ami and ma chère. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he would say. Would he say? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyway, another Monge another two. fail. Another Monge fail two. on the Monge list. Two Monge two. It's Gambit here. Monge two, Rodney. Au revoir. <laughs> I'm going to swing back over to DC now. Green Arrow and Black Canary, very well known DC comic book couple. There. Since when? Oh my days! <laughs> Since the eighties, <80s? laughs> probably no. before then. Is the answer? I don't think yeah. I can't remember any reference between the two. No, no, I don't believe there is either. Uh, let's 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 send this one into the end game because it's Pepper Potts. Do Pepper Potts and Iron Man? I know them. Okay, yeah, I'll swing back around to Marvel, and it's Pepper Potts and Iron Man. Yes, to a degree, <laughs> they're not great. They're not like Steve Trevor or Wonder Woman, but you do get some reference to it. She gives Iron Man an extra defense on one of them. And if he's yeah. at it, yeah, it's a bit... And there's a promo yeah, there's, Iron Man that, that gives her a buff or gives yeah. her overcrush. There's multiple references. Rescue, which is also her, isn't it? I know my Marvel stuff and, and that. Yeah, it's all right. She gives a bit of a buff, but not that much. I would like to see more of these. I'd like to see like some more like duo-y combos. Yeah, like, combos. What was that um, Uncanny X-Men, the team up was it team up or heroic heroic yeah like that but only works yeah yeah there's there's lots of opportunity to you know to draw inspiration from the source material that way i mean there's there's lots more on the list but i'm gonna wrap it up because we've been banging on for ages uh and i think as predicted this hasn't been all that engaging of a it's been all right it's been okay i suppose yeah it'll do um but we've not talked about Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, Black Bolt and Medusa. Oh, they're definitely ones. Nightwing and Starfire, another very well-known comic book couple. Cloak and Dagger. Cloak uh, and Colossus. Dagger. See, that one goes. Colossus and Kitty Pride. Really? 
Yeah. Oh, this is more interesting than Dice Masters. What, <laughs> what about like, cause in Titans, he, he's, he goes out with, he, Starfire and Nightwing goes out with Barbara the Oracle. Goes out is, with is Barbara the Oracle. They have a little bit of. Uh, yeah, he does. Well, Nightwing actually is a bit of a player in the comic book. Is he? Yeah. Nice. But in the sort of 80s George Perez Teen Titans, when Starfire was first introduced, um, and from f- right the way through to the sort of mid nineties, Nightwing and Starfire were an item. Ooh. Yeah. Cloak and Dagger, that's one that works, doesn't it? That that was one that was made to work, a bit like you know, Cloak and Dove, Cloak and yeah, Dove, well, you know, Hawk and Dove. Uh, yeah, but they weren't so great. I mean, I think, I think no. it was like if she takes damage, he takes the damage too, or something, doesn't it? Uh, uh, things to this have a look. If cloak or dagger is blocked, prevent all damage to them until the end of turn. If they're underdog, when cloak is targeted by an action die or character ability, you may have it also target dagger. But I think that's looking at a buff as opposed to a yeah, yeah. a penalty. Sure. But it was just, I don't know, quite a subtleness to it. Although, funnily enough, dagger doesn't really have anything in regard to cloak. Cloak. No. It was the cloak that was cloaking the dagger. Uh, indeed. Very good. Nice like that. Yeah, that was good, that. Uh, Excellent yeah. work, friend. I remember, like, because that was one of the first ones, wasn't it? And I was thinking, oh, yeah, that'll be exciting, getting some, like, these two kind of comboing up and then, like, actually looking at them and going, hmm. <laughs> Meh. 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 Although it was in right. this amazing Spider-Man team set. Team t- set. Whatever. I know. I remember. I remember yeah, being so excited when that set was coming down the pipeline, and then, yeah. and it kind of got here and was a bit, bit. Mm. I bought loads of it. I bought like all the stuff: the bag, the mat, that little crappy box thing with the magnets. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's where it all went wrong. That loads of people all bought Amazing Spider-Man, like you did. Um, went went oh. wild for it and was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, kind of done with this now. <laughs> Who knows? There's some right. cool little bits in it, though, but it wasn't that, like, great. Anyway, anyway waffle, yeah, waffle, let's tight. Hello, really loud now. You are really loud now, yeah. What's that one? <laughs> Step away from the microphone. Yeah, let's wrap that one up there. So, uh, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. There's some sort of rambly chat about couples in Dice Masters. Amazing. <laughs> Let's go into the end game. Well, there we are then, folks. As all things must, this episode of the Ministry of Dice podcast has come to an end. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. And we did, apart from that last segment, because that was a bit naff. Yeah, yeah. Well, that just goes to show, you know, preparation. What's the saying? Piss poor preparation leads to piss poor performance. Mosh two, Rodney. Mosh two. <laughs> So, yeah, I hope everybody, certainly in North America, who will be receiving their Dark Phoenix Saga pre-orders and whatnot through the course of the week, have a wonderful time. Uh, I have made my pre-order with a North American retailer, so I'm hoping to receive my countertop box sooner rather than later. In fact, I did the same with Infinity Gauntlet, and it it only came like the day after. Um, So I'm hoping for the same, but, you know. Keep our fingers crossed. We've got crappy border control and stuff now, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you'd be uh, paying like two hundred quid in customs fees or whatever it is. Yeah, we'll see what happens on that front. Um, but uh, keep an eye out on our Twitch channel because uh, w- when mine does arrive, I'll do a, I'll do a little bit of a unboxing thing. Nice. Keep see it. what super rares you get. See if you get any of those super duper full art basic actions. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, keep your eye out for that. I'll announce it on our socials. I've obviously not set a date because I can't guarantee a date at this point. And and while I'm on the subject, of course, don't forget we talk about our weekly games. If you're around on a Wednesday or a Thursday night, depending on which evening we do it on in any given week, then uh, come and join us. Come hang out for an hour or so while we play some Dice Masters and talk about things. We'd love to have you. 100%. Also on the Twitch channel coming at the end of the month is our long-awaited <laughs> fighting fantasy walkthrough that we'll be doing with Death Trap Dungeon. 
I've been looking forward to that one. That will be on Friday, the something of February. 18th. The 18th of February. Friday, the 18th of February. That's right. Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. Uh, Otherwise, we'll be. That's this Friday. No. As we release it. Oh, yeah, it will be this Friday as we release it. Sorry. It's. um, not not this Friday as the time of recording, which is why you freaked me out for a minute then. Come and join us this Friday. It's good. It's a good laugh. Yes, yeah. Uh, Andy's going to narrate, and I will be playing the part of the character. So, come, yeah, come and hang out. See us roll some other types of dice for a different game. Yeah, otherwise, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of the Ministry of Dice podcast. And so, that's it. I've been Chris, otherwise known online as True Mr. Six. And I've been Andy, a.k.a. Hawk and Dove's failed relationship. (laughs) See you in two weeks, folks. Bye-bye. Yes, folks, it's Chris here with something a little different for the after credit sequence in this episode. Apologies for the audio quality. Uh, I'm at my parents' house and therefore having to use my phone to make this additional recording right now. Uh, but we have done a Pick of the Week segment in today's episode and we have discussed the uncommon Professor X and the rare Cable from the upcoming Dark Phoenix saga set, both of which are X-Men affiliated characters. This is important. We also have, in our audience, a proportion of individuals who we believe start firing comments out, who love, who relish pointing out when me and Andy misspeak or we neglect to mention a card that would be a great obvious combo with something we've discussed in the episode. And I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that today there will be individuals who have leapt over to Discord, bounded across to our Facebook page, or jumped over to BritRoller6 to write a comment somewhere to tell us that we didn't mention Hope Pluripotent Echopraxia when we discussed Cable and Professor X. And you know what? We didn't. And she would be a great combo piece with both of them. So... For anyone who has got this far, don't forget, Hope Pluripican Echopraxia, whatever there, would be a great combo piece with both of those cards. And if you're curious like us, go and have a look around and about in the socials. Let's see who's letting us know that we didn't mention Hope. All right, folks, thanks for listening this week. We'll catch you in a fortnight. Ta-ra! <laughs>